So people always say it's who you know. That that is 100% true. And for some reason, young people do not, they don't want that to be the case. Mm. It's like, you know that phrase and everyone that's like 27 or above will say, yep, it's who you know, it's who you know. And young people are like, yeah, yeah, it's who you know, but they never want to use it's who they know because in their mind, that's cheating. Today, I am chatting with Ellie, Ellie Overholt, founder and career strategist at Forth. Raised in Atlanta, Georgia, but based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Ellie has a passion for helping college students and young adults achieve their dream careers by articulating the talents and experience they already possess. After graduating from Georgia Tech with a degree in supply chain and operations, Ellie accepted the best job that she could right out of college, achieving exactly what she thought she should do. After a few years, though, Ellie realized the misalignment in her strengths and interests with the opportunities presented in front of her. She then set out to be the very career strategist she'd always wished that she had as a student. After hearing about Ellie and everything Forth is doing to empower young professionals, I knew I just had to bring her on, and you guys, (laughs) her advice is gold. In this episode, you're going to hear her share why it's totally okay to accept a job you know you won't stay in, the professional advantage to look forward to post-coronavirus, and the number one interview question all job hunters need to prepare for, the most mature thing that you can do as a 20-something, the tips like the nitty-gritty instructions you've always been waiting for to growing and leveraging professional relationships, the easiest way to stand out when applying for a job, how to not get interview ghosted, the most important and most overlooked detail on your resume, the LinkedIn tips you can't find on Google, a general kick in the butt to get the job that you want, and more. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Ellie as much as I did. Ready? You're listening to Passages, a podcast for young professionals. I'm your host, Chloe. My only credentials for being here is being one of you too. I graduated college almost a year ago with so many dreams in my back pocket, and I'm here to learn how to make them happen right alongside you. Besides this podcast, I'm a writer, photographer, and navigating my first nine to five as a communication strategist for a tech company in San Francisco. I'm a former TEDx organizer and a self-development junkie. (laughs) I'm an avid fanatic of all things empowering, an advocate for the down-to-earth real talk. And if you're listening to this, I probably edited it with coffee in hand. I'm obsessed with entrepreneurship and all things side hustle, but this is for us. I'm bringing on my best friends and career coaches, coworkers and keynote speakers. We're talking every answer to every question and stories you can feel yourself in. So thanks for being here. Now on with the freaking show. But I was posting on my Instagram story just kind of about like 
how my heart was hurting for college seniors and other people like yeah. specifically in college who were being affected by coronavirus and she sent me your page and she was like I don't know what you have planned to do but you gotta talk to Ellie and I was like okay <laughs> this is completely like a side project for me um I'm obviously inspired by like communications and media and all that stuff but mm -hmm. how this really came to be like I kind of mentioned earlier is just having feeling so emotionally connected to my friends and peers who are still in college or are just facing like their early professional lives and coronavirus has hit and it's like the rug has been just ripped out from under them and um coming from Georgia Tech I know like you came from Georgia Tech too and you work in this space like I, I definitely have put a ton of my worth into like this persona as a, a young professional and in college I was all about being like girl boss side hustle let me do all of the things and so to think of my friends who I know have worked for such well-deserved like experiences especially for over the summer I like couldn't handle the fact that so many people were having those experiences canceled so this podcast kind of came out of that but then I just started thinking I was like I've always wanted to do this like I've always I'm obsessed with podcasts I've always wanted to have my own but I think I never really had like an audience or I I, I wanted a niche I wanted like a topic so I'm thinking of this more as like a project I, I have no idea how long it's gonna last I don't you know I think it, it's part of my personal brand it's part of my you know interests and things but for the time yeah. being it's just kind of like timely and and a fun creative project to do while I'm in quarantine um yeah. so my questions I mean I definitely want to get into like your story and your advice as a career strategist but um I mean the reason I wanted to talk to you is like literally to pick your brain for like my friends who just all of a sudden are starting from ground zero and like have no idea what to do yeah. I was that person in mm -hmm. school that just, I, I couldn't say no to anything. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to be involved in everything. Mm -hmm. I wanted to work on Wall Street and wear the pantsuit and be all the things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, be like a mom and a wife and mm -hmm. like just rule the world, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and so with that, you know, we all kind of um, come into our own struggles and, and, um, life challenges that sometimes we run in and we're like, oh my gosh, this isn't what I thought I wanted, or this isn't the path that I wanted to go down. And for me, that's exactly what happened. I, I was in a career that I did not enjoy and mm -hmm. I realized wasn't focused on my strengths. And I just remember thinking back to myself in college thinking this is not supposed to be this way. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't picture it this way. Um, and I didn't work my tail off for it to be this way. And I wanted, and, and then my heart was breaking for folks like me mm -hmm. that were going to make the same mistake. And I hate to say it like that, but no, it's yeah. just the reality. And so, so that's really what led me to start forth was I wanted to like serve as this mentor. I, I, I had no idea what the business model would be. I had no idea if it, I could make money. I, I really didn't. I was just like, I want to help students. Mm -hmm. And at the time I earned, yeah, at the time and now I was living in Baton Rouge and my husband, for my husband's work. And, um, he was gracious enough to just say, you know, this clearly is a desire of yours. So like, why not just try? Like we don't have kids. Let's just go for it kind mm -hmm. of. Um, and so, yeah. So with coronavirus, it's been interesting because those same feelings are like coming up mm -hmm. that I was having, but like that 
ultimately led me to like launch my business. And yeah. so it's very, I, I feel you when you say like, I, it's like this overwhelming, like, oh my gosh, if that was me in those shoes, like, I don't know what I would do. And so, um, out of necessity comes opportunity and innovation. <laughs> yeah. so, um, so I have a lot to say like about that, I think, but, um, but yeah, let's like, I guess we can just jump right in or I can answer any questions that you may have about this specific time. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would love to just start with more context about like who yeah. you are and what you do. Um, just explaining mm-hmm. forth, explaining like where you're currently at and who you work with. Um, yeah. And I love to just ask like, what are key decisions you made that led you to where you are today? Um, maybe like starting in Georgia Tech, like what did you study and how did you get to to where you are like right now? Yeah, so I um, I obviously went to Georgia Tech. I, I'm from that area. So I always grew up just knowing that Tech was a great school. My best friend in the world lived across the street from me and her dad and brother played football at Georgia Tech. So like I kind of was brainwashed a little bit, like <laughs> yeah. I was never going to Georgia, you know, one of those things. But um, anyway, so I went to Georgia Tech, really didn't know what I wanted to study at all when I got there. Um, and I, for anyone that knows Georgia Tech, there aren't like a ton of majors. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, the sky's the limit. You can study anything you want. Um, it was a little bit more niche than that. And I was like, shoot, okay, what should I do? And I ended up in business and I'm so grateful um, that I did. My mom was like, Ellie, business is perfect. Like it's so broad. It's so vague. You're going to get really good life skills and you'll get a great degree. So, um, so I did, I studied business. Um, I cheered, I was a cheerleader like my entire life from when I was five years old. I never took a season off, never took a year off um, and cheered all through college, all four years. Um, and it was, that was like an amazing experience, um, especially being a cheerleader at Georgia Tech. It was um, not what you would think when it, you think about collegiate cheerleading, but that's like a whole nother tangent. <laughs> it, was, it was great. And I loved my team and my coaches and everything. Um, but during that time, I, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do in business because I felt like I just kind of picked it by default a little bit. Like I was in classes with people and I would ask them like, oh, so what do you want to do after college? And I would get answers like, I want to be the chief marketing officer of Apple and like very, very (laughs) aggressive, um, like ambitious goals, which was like the status quo for Georgia Tech students in general, but also in the business school. And so um, anyway, I did a bunch of internships and experiences in marketing. That was that was kind of just what fell into my lap. I, I worked for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in their Atlanta fundraising office as a marketing intern, and I loved it. Um, I also worked for Chick-fil-A corporate in their marketing department as an intern my final summer before senior year and absolutely loved it. Um, one thing that really I think was like a thorn in my flesh and and continues to be was I kind of felt like is this all like is marketing all that I'm gonna do I I was never like crazy about marketing I never was over the moon about it I just kind of always found opportunities in it and so just kind of went with it um but I was concentrating in operations and supply chain so in the back of my head I just kept thinking maybe I need to like try that, you know, I can always go back to marketing, but why don't I just like try to use my degree, try to use my degree. But at the time I didn't really even know what my degree was. I mean, I, 
I studied classes and I did okay, but I, I wasn't like enthralled by like the supply chain and how cars were made and like stuff like that. So in hindsight, I don't know why I did that, but I think it was just this like student mentality of like, this is what I studied. So this is what I'm going to do. So anyway, I started interviewing for companies and all these consulting firms were coming to George Tech to interview and recruit candidates, which um, again, for anyone that went to tech, you know, that's kind of like the pinnacle, like the end all be all to go work for these big consulting firms that would pay you a ton of money to work a ton of hours and um, yeah, just kind of live the dream. Um, So I ended up literally like talking my way into an offer from a small consulting firm in Atlanta I was the only business major they hired. Everyone else was engineers. And I think part of me loved that. Like, oh my gosh, like I got, I got in, right? Like I, I snuck my way in and I could not tell you the first thing about what I was going to be doing in that job. And, and I, I, I mean that so seriously. And the reason I say that is because even though that experience was not for me, what I realized was all the things that bothered me about the job that I was so not good at and things that I would get feedback on. And I felt like I was giving a hundred percent to this job. There were people like right next to me in a cube that were just crushing it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because they were better than me. Mm -hmm. No one was better or worse. It's just, I went in so blindly to this job that I don't even know why I took. It was a complete pride decision Um, I also had student loans I paid for my school in college. And so Mm -hmm. I was very motivated to pay off my student loans. Mm -hmm. And so that was also enticing. So there were a lot of things at play there. Anyway, I knew that was not long-term for me, but I was committed to sticking it out and learning as much as I possibly could. And also the people at that company were fabulous in terms of wanting me to do well, even though I think all of us kind of knew that it wasn't long-term for me, they still appreciated who I was and what I was bringing to the table. And so anyway, um, I ended up getting married a year. I, first of all, I got engaged two weeks after I started my job, Oh my gosh! which I like in hindsight, I'm like, they must've thought I was like a crazy person. But anyway, I got engaged and, um, got married a year later and moved to Baton Rouge with my husband for his job and, um, was commuting back and forth to Atlanta, um, for about two years. Wow. So I was in that job for a total of three. Yeah. And, and by the third year, um, I just knew, you know, I don't, first of all, I don't want to be commuting like this anymore. Um, and I knew I wanted to change. And, um, when I got to Baton Rouge, I, I, it was so funny. I started interviewing with other consulting firms here in Baton Rouge and, but yet I, it was very clear. Like I, I did not want to do consulting work, but I, it was like, I was like addicted to this like job or this title. And I didn't really know what else to do kind of. Um, but what I did know was, you know, yes, I made the wrong decision probably right out of school, but I don't remember there being anyone there alongside me really saying, Hey, Ellie, do you know what a consultant does? Like, I felt so just alone in that, even though I had amazing parents, friends, mm-hmm. mentors, like I never had anyone saying like, do you know what this means? Mm-hmm. And looking back, so so as I was like looking to make another career change, I was like, no, what if that was literally my job? Like, what if I could 
help students make a better decision. Like, I don't even know what that means, but Mm -hmm. prepare them for the real world in some respect. And so um, that's really what brought me to starting my business. So this was um, 2018, summer 2018 is when I left my consulting work and started um, Forth. And when I started Forth, I had no social media. Like I had started a new account from my personal, I had like zero followers. Mm -hmm. I had no website. I had nothing. I had LLC forth just to like get the name basically. And, um, I didn't really know anything. I just started saying like, okay, I'm just going to start emailing people that are at LSU, like student organizations saying like, Hey, I want to come talk to your group about resumes, or I want to come talk to your group about cover letter, like whatever they would say yes to basically. And then they would say yes. And then I would go online and I would read everything about resumes <laughs> yeah. and then I would put together a slide deck and then I would go and I would teach wow. and then I would say, and I would do it for like Greek life and everything. Like yeah. I would just, whoever would let me in for free, like I would just go. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and so it was like, I was just totally winging it, like 100% winging it. And so anyway, I, I started meeting people at these speaking things and I would be like, okay, like if this was interesting to you at all, and if you like want to work with me in the future, and again, I don't even know what that means at this point. <laughs> I had like a little sign-up sheet like with my thing, and I would say, come like give your name and your email, and people would put their name in their email. <laughs> and so, um, and then from there, I would just reach out to them and say like, hey, let's hop on a call and let's see like what you're struggling with and what I can help you with. And I did most of this for free at the beginning just to kind of learn. But then within the first couple like free clients, I started charging and then I started getting referrals. And honestly, like I just started doing that. And for a year, I just worked my tail off and did like 30 plus speaking engagements across wow. like student organizations and classes and everything. So the first year was totally a grind. Like I, I mean, it's still a grind, but that was like, I, that was insane. I don't know what I was thinking, <laughs> but now we're, I guess, almost two years. It'll be two years in like July. Um, I'm, I have clients that I that are paid clients. Um, I do resumes, cover letters, interviewing, networking, and just overall career strategy. Um, we have our own signature method now um, that I teach. That basically, and I, and I can, um, I would actually love to share that with your listeners mm -hmm. too. I think it's like very beneficial, um, especially during Corona, mm -hmm. but essentially I do one-on-one -on -one work with my clients, teach them my method. Um, but we're also launching a virtual boot camp um, that will be turned into a course uh, eventually, but it'll be a boot camp with like live small group coaching sessions. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of what, oh my God. yeah, it's, <laughs> trust me, I will write a book one day cause it is that <laughs> insane. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, so that's kind of my story. Um, and did I miss any pieces, I guess? of No, yeah. Question that, you asked? that was perfect. That was perfect. Just to, just okay. to like get, get a sense of, of who you are, like why I wanted totally. to bring you on your story. Totally. I think that's like the yeah. most important part. Um, okay. So to, to get more into kind of the weeds, um, like specifically for this episode. So my question for you to kick off more of the emotional aspect, when I was thinking about like, again, putting myself in somebody else's shoes, the first thing that came to mind was this like emotional aspect, right? Like the stages of grief, <laughs> the stages yeah. of anxiety. And so I wanted to, to pick your brain on what would you tell somebody who is anxious 
that not having the internship that they expected they'd have this summer will be a detriment to their future success. Um, I ask you that just because that's kind of the first thing that popped into my head if I was in somebody else's shoes. Um, Would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so it's interesting, and I don't want to go like too – I I will go deep, but um, (laughs) for anyone listening, like when you you just – you kind of said what I'm about to say, so Mm -hmm. I just want to reiterate. You said at the beginning, you said it's kind of like the stages of grief, right? And um, what I would say is – for anyone that's gone through something hard in their life, um, grief included, this this experience is a form of grief um, for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, when you lose anything, you are, you grieve that experience. Um, when you obviously lose a human, that's huge. You're grieving that, but experiences, opportunities, um, disappointments, like you grieve all of those things. Um, the reason I say that, the reason I make that really clear is because in grief, one of the biggest things that resonates with me and, and people have said to me in, in the past about grieving anything is you are changed for good. Now, whether you view it as good in the moment, like that's that's not to be determined, right? Like the way that you grieve um, doesn't need to be happy and joyful because that's not reality, right? But the re- but the actual reality is you are changed forever. And the reason I say that is in this season where students are either in the job search, they've been in the job search and now it's just that much more difficult or they had an opportunity that has now been canceled that is grief, right? Mm-hmm. However, because because it is a an experience and an event and a and a grief, you have the benefit to use that. Now, the reason I say the the reason I I point it like that is the company did not come to you and say, "Hey, Jane Smith, you you're not going to work here anymore. Be- Everyone else is going to keep working here." but you have to leave. That's called a failure. Mm. This is, this is like genuinely a grief. This is an experience being taken from someone. So for those, for those individuals that are listening to this, that are saying, gosh, I am just so upset. I I feel like I'm getting, I'm now a step behind. That's actually incorrect. You now have a story. You now have Mm. an actual like tangible, this is what has happened to me and this is what I did with it like and and I'm I'm not saying that you're gonna like capitalize on it and make it something that it's not but I think we all know that this is a serious real life event in history that you are gonna speak to and you're gonna talk about it in the future as you overcame this struggle and so what I would actually challenge that person to do is to say okay how am I gonna speak to how am I going to overcome this massive challenge and use it to my advantage to show what an amazing employee I I will be like mm-hmm. as as they're interviewed because people are still interviewing like the world is still running even though it feels like it's shut down like people are still hiring opportunities will resume the question is those that are going to rise to the top are going to be the ones that take this time to reflect and say okay this situation has happened to me, 
but now what am I going to do about it? Right. Mm -hmm. You have to get your messaging on point. Like what have you done while you've been at home? Mm -hmm. When you walk into an interview in July, I would not be surprised if employers opened up their interview with saying, so you were at home for a month and a half. What did you do? Mm, yes. I mean, 100%. Yeah. And guess what? Chloe, you're going to say, not that you're job searching, but you would say, <laughs> I started a podcast, right? <laughs> That's a lot better than yeah. sitting in the sadness of, oh gosh, I just was so hurting for my for these people, that these young people. Mm. No, you're like, I hurt for these young people. And so I started a podcast. Mm. Same thing with my business. I was hurting for these young people. And so I kickstarted my, my online mm-hmm. course because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, what, how can I help? Mm-hmm. And how can I grow? Right. Mm-hmm. Those are the two questions that anyone should be asking themselves, but especially the job seeker. Like if you are a student, just hunker down and think, okay, I'm going to feel this. I'm going to sit in this. I'm going to acknowledge that this absolutely sucks. Mm-hmm. And so what am I going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And, and can I also just say, and I feel like this sounds really like kind of inconsiderate, but, but I, I don't mean it like that. Like we will all get through this like mm-hmm. 100%. Like your, your career is not going to suffer because your internship this summer got canceled. I promise you, like, mm-hmm. I, I promise you. I I can't, I know that it's so sad and hard and I'm not taking anything away from that, but your, your career is, these people's careers are going to be flourishing in like a year. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I have so much confidence in that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I I think that's so important. And I think what's really interesting too, is to think about like, cause I think what's really resonated with me during this time too, is how are people working through the emotion of it right because there's so many conflicting messages like there's so much like okay now's the chance to like lose 15 pounds and like be your most productive self ever and and I think you can actually think about it like you can think about it in that way right like it's an opportunity it's also an opportunity to say like here's how I took agency over like taking care of myself taking care of my mental health here is how I helped my family during this time like maybe it's not like oh I read 27 books and you know and mm-hmm. not everybody has to start a podcast right like I have a job I'm good <laughs> like that's right, um, right but like what what are you doing with your time not that it has to be like the most productive hustle ever but it's like yeah, you have this time. How are you being healthy? How are you right. like taking care of yourself? And then also like cherry on top, what have you been reading? Like what have you been yeah. learning? Like did you start any other projects? Like I think that's that's like a helpful um yeah. a helpful and way. I to. would even say too like just to echo exactly what you're saying, bettering yourself doesn't always mean that you have to be productive. Right. Like even Ugh. if you went into an interview like as a perfect example, if someone, if I was interviewing someone post Corona and I said, so what, what have you been? Cause most of the time they're going to ask you, what were you doing in Corona, during Corona? Because they're curious yeah, and they're just trying to get to know you, not to like judge you. They're just trying to get to know you. And if I, if someone said to me, you know, I had just been running and I was in my final year of school and my internship had just gotten canceled. And so what I decided that I needed was really time to reset. And so I spent tons of time with my family and I just soaked it up and I took it as an opportunity to rest Mm -hmm. as an employer. Like 
that is a mature answer. Mm. That's a mature answer. Like, I'm not judging you because you didn't read 12 books or you listened (laughs) to 20 podcasts or you started a podcast. Like, I don't, it's not about that. It's about tuning into what you need and doing that. Like, that is the most mature thing you can do as a 20-something year old. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, gosh, I think that's so good, too. And thinking about, like, okay, here was the internship that I had. Like, what was I going to get out of this internship? Mm -hmm. And, like, thinking about those needs, thinking about those things you wanted to learn and getting creative with how you could learn those in a different way, right? Or, like, or hone in on those needs and be like, now I know I I really need that experience or maybe I don't want that experience anymore. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, my gosh. And something that I talk about a lot, and this is – I'll touch on this just for a second. So my biggest thing with the job search and that I feel, and, and, and just, yeah, mostly the job search, I would say, but mostly for young people is I feel that they were kind of sold this idea that we're constantly on the search for the best position. Mm. And then we find it, whether we're, we even know what that means or not. Right. And then we update our resumes, we drop our resume and we just kind of like, wait, Mm. we're waiting around and we're hoping and we're just like drop 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 right Mm -hmm. and we're hoping we're thinking it's a numbers game like as soon as someone reaches back out to me and then like I'll interview and I hear all the time and I'm sure you have too it's like if I could just meet them if they could just interview me then I know that I would get the job or they would see that I'm a perfect fit so my argument is if that's true if you want to just meet them why don't you just meet them? Like, why is it that step one? And the reason I say that, and I bring it up now is when you say, okay, what would you be doing this summer? What skills would you learn? An amazing use of time. And and I talk about this a lot on my social platforms and my content is connecting with folks that you already know. Like everyone has a network, Mm -hmm. a network of friends, a network of professors, parents, parents, friends, your friends, parents, your neighbors, aunts, uncles, cousins, all the teachers, all the things. Reaching out to those people, not asking for a job, but saying, hey, this is where I'm at. I'm at home because of Corona or I'm, I was supposed to have this internship and, and it got canceled. I'm going to be looking for a job in about a year, or I'm going to be looking for a job in the fall, like whatever that is. And just asking if they'll spend 20 minutes to talk to you and you asking them about what they do for work. Like just that connection with them, you, you know them and they know you most of the time as a personal level. But when you make that connection from like a professional standpoint, you are putting like little seeds in that person's head of like, I want, when the time comes, I want to hire this person Mm. because that's what you're hoping for anyway. Once you've moved down the job search process. So at a time right now, when all you, all you can do Mm -hmm. is connect with people virtually versus like do a job or, or an internship or whatever, use the time. Mm -hmm. Like if you're, if you're really upset about missing out on opportunity, like get ready for that next opportunity, start reaching out to your contacts and like, just, be genuinely interested in what these people do and you would be you will be shocked like Mm. what people want to do for their people so oh that's that's good yeah Yeah. no that's really good that's really good um oh my gosh okay 
Um, I want to ask you this question because um, I posed to um, the people that follow me on Instagram. I was like, look, I am no expert, but I'm talking to an expert, which is you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like, what questions do you have? And, and I kept seeing this pattern that's like job searching. Like I'm so, I'm so stuck on this, like, I need a job, right? Like I, I need to make money. This is terrifying. Like I'm entering this, the corporate world during a recession, like during a pandemic, this is terrifying. Um, one person said job searching seems many companies are not hiring, which is really scary for a soon to be new grad. Like maybe they're not a grad right now, but they will be in December. Um, and then another one of my friends said, I think the main thing that's hard is that there's so much unknown and just hearing from companies what they're doing, what the situation is, because all I see is so many people getting laid off or offers being taken away. Um, I just want transparency on what the market is that we're getting ourselves into, especially in the corporate side. Um, So would really love your recommendation for somebody apart from, you know, how can you make make the most of this opportunity? How can you use your time? Very tangibly, like, searching for a job in this kind of market or trying trying to make money trying to find a paid position um what would you tell people so first of all I would say yes people are getting furloughed people are losing their job for sure what I will also say is people are hiring um it sounds crazy to say that because it's just such a weird time that's not making the news, right? Mm. It's just not, it's just not going to make the news. However, it's a weird time to quote unquote job search because like, as an example, I had someone ask me on my social, like, should I be kind of blasting out to my network on LinkedIn? Like, Hey, I'm in the, I'm looking for a job. And that comes off a little insensitive just because it seems a little out of touch to be Mm. like blasting it on your LinkedIn. So tangibly speaking, yes, people will be hiring, are hiring and Mm -hmm. will continue to be hiring, especially as this starts to like slowly unravel Mm -hmm. because a lot of these people that are asking you this question are not hourly workers. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, the economy is, is affected, but the people that are, they're not, um, they're not like working for small businesses Mm -hmm. where you have to be in person, like. 95% of my friends are, you know, fully employed at their homes, just working like this on Mm -hmm. zoom or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so when I say, when I mentioned that before about networking, the way that I believe a job, you're, you're, you find the right fit and you kind of circumvent that really frustrating job search process of like drop resume, don't hear anything, get what I like to call interview ghosted. And like, just like keep going. And then as you're going, your confidence is just like taking a shot every single time because you're not getting a response. And it's kind of like if you went on a hundred dates and a hundred first dates and every single first date, they like, didn't want to go on a second date. Yeah. It's like, that is, that's all it is. It's like negative feedback, negative feedback <laughs> to the point where we were like, forget it. I'm not doing this the end. And that's, I'll, I'll... And that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. And that's what happens. And then ultimately someone you just like give up or you just you're like I can't do this anymore I guess I'm just gonna take x y and z thing that I don't even care about at all but it's a job so what I would say to that tangibly is make a list so people always say it's who you know that that is 
100% true. And for some reason, young people do not, they don't want that to be the case. Mm. It's like, you know that phrase and everyone that's like 27 or above will say, yep, it's who you know, it's who you know. And young people are like, yeah, yeah, it's who you know, but they never want to use it's who they know because in their mind, that's cheating. Mm. That's not, but I don't want to just get a job because of whatever. But the reality is, is you're not getting the job because you know that person. You're getting the job because you're qualified for the job. So that's, those are two very different things. The difference is you're actually doing a better job. You're being scrappier. You're being more strategic by using the connections and the people that you already know. Humans hire humans. Humans hire humans. Humans don't hire robots, just like robots don't hire humans, right? So if you're using a robot, AKA like a resume drop to try to get hired, that's why people are saying, oh, if they could only just meet me, right? Mm-hmm. And vice versa. Humans want to hire humans, AKA you, you have to make yourself human in the job search process. So updating your resume to reflect who you really are. Like, that's great that you had 16 internships, but like, what else about you would make me want to work with you Monday through Friday, eight to six? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know? And, mm-hmm. and so, and number one, it's who, you know, make your list of strategic connections, literally get out an Excel, or if you're like a creative, get out a blank sheet of paper and write down like mom, mom's name, dad, dad's name, grandparents, aunts and uncles, all your friends that, that you like know and love, write their names down, write down if they have a job, even if it's like a part-time job, even if it's an internship, it doesn't matter. Write it down, write down all your, then think about your parents, go back to your parents, think about their friends that know you. Okay. Write those people down, write what they do. I mean, do a, do a brain dump, get it all on paper. And then every day pick two people that you're going to reach out to Mm. and you either email them, you call them or you text them depending on your relationship. And that's all kind of, you gauge that common sense, like what makes sense. And if it's a parent's friend that you don't know that well, ask your parent, like, does Sally, do you think Sally would want to talk to me on the phone? Okay, great. I'm going to, I'm going to email Miss Sally. Is that okay? You can copy your mom on the email. Hi, Miss Sally. I'm so-and-so's daughter. I'm sure we've met X, Y, Z times. This is my current situation. This is why I want to get to, this is why I would love to talk to you. Do any of these times, blank, blank, and blank times or days work for you to hop on the phone? Great. Do that twice a day until you've gone through your entire list. And at that point, during all of this, all you're doing, all you are doing is collecting information from them about what they do at a very specific level, like not figuring out how you fit with them, but what they do, like how to win friends and influence people. Mm-hmm. You're focusing 100% on them, okay? Mm-hmm. But, you're, but you're data collecting. And you're maintaining those relationships. You have nothing but time at this point. Talk to them on the phone. Email them a follow-up thanking them for time. Let them know that you enjoyed it, what you learned from them, and how you're going to take whatever they told you into the future, right? Mm. Now, after all of those conversations and the notes that you've taken, I want you to sit back and think, if I could get a job offer from any of these people, 
who would I be so excited to work for? Who would I like die to be at that company or die to have that type of role, et cetera? Write that on a separate list. And then that's when you're keeping your eyes peeled for job opportunities and openings because you're going to kind of know at that point, like, okay, this, this industry is really shut down at this point. Like there's no getting in there, but this industry is actually, they may be hiring. Mm -hmm. Like they may have some job postings in the next month or the next two months. And at this point you're like planting the seeds and laying the groundwork. So to me, that's step number one, like, and that could take, that could take a month. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how long that could take, but that really genuinely could take a month. There's so many other things that I could say. That was gold. Okay, good. Okay, so you so you you gather your names of people, you create your own internship by networking the heck out of them, um, and then you start to keep your eyes peeled on jobs that are being posted in the industries that you are interested in after you've learned about them from your people. And you, what happens? You apply online and then do you like email your connection? So I'm so glad you asked. You, you do, you do both of those things. You apply online and you email your connection at the same time. Okay. The the golden ticket here, the the kind of like, um, the secret sauce, so Mm -hmm. to speak with that part of the process, you always under every single circumstance, will you submit your resume and the cover letter okay. to both. Even, okay, so let's say you were applying to a role and uh, it didn't ask for a cover letter. No matter, that is like even 10 times more you need to submit a cover letter because if they don't say to submit a cover letter, that means 99.9% of the people applying are not going to submit a cover letter and you get to be the one. Mm-hmm. So that is like, it's like a golden nugget. It, it's the easiest way to stand out in the world. And you heard it here first, folks. So <laughs> do a cover letter and a resume. You send, so ideally you would submit the cover letter and the resume online and you would send an email, a thought out email to your contact saying, I loved our conversation. Since our conversation, I have been stalking XYZ's website because I just loved hearing about what you do. That is like, it was fit me to a T, like whatever you want to say. I saw this role open, this role posted yesterday. I've already dropped my resume and my cover letter. Here is the job description and the job ID. Like make sure they know exactly, you can link it if you want. They know the exact job that you've applied to. And you say, also, please find attached my resume and my cover letter that I've already submitted online, but I just wanted you to see it for your reference. You can, depending on the contact, you can also ask, is there anyone else at your company that you would want me to connect with? Mm. Because sometimes what happens is like, if they sit in finance and you want to be in marketing, they can refer you, but they also may think like, oh, that's right. Like I want Ellie to meet. Judy, because Judy sits in marketing, and I want Judy to see what I'm talking about when I'm like, yeah, yeah, you gotta hire Ellie. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a spider monkey move where you're like doing it online and you're sending it to your contact and you're kind of saying like, I'm so excited about this. Is there anyone else you think I should talk to? Because at that point, that what you have to realize is that person wants you to get the job. Mm-hmm. Like they want to do whatever that they can in their power and it's helping them 
by saying, by giving them all the tools that they need. Mm-hmm. Like I put it online. This is where I put it. Here it is for your reference. Feel free to forward that on to whoever you want. Oh, and by the way, is there someone else that you know that I, that you think I need to talk to? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh yeah, easy solution. Here's your person. Um, so that's like the tangible next step. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I also want to say is in, in this process, it's, it's kind of like a, um, you have to be, you have to kind of be okay with the cadence of like, it's not going to be your classic drop the resume, get the interview, get the job. Mm-hmm. But I feel that number one, you really know what you're getting into because you're having the, the conversation before you ever really apply. So you're, there's not a facade over what you're even getting yourself into, number one. And number two, your your mental state and your mindset is a lot better because you're not just getting constant rejection and like constant mm. ghosting. Oh, that's yes, so important. Yeah, and the time, the t- it may take some time, but it's not just nope, 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 like you don't get an interview, don't get an interview. It's more like you're just using that time to invest, invest, invest. You're practicing your interview skills. You're tweaking your cover letters. Like you're really getting into the nitty gritty of what you actually want, mm-hmm. which at the end of the day, that's all you can do anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Okay, two thoughts that came to my mind as you were talking is one, what an op- what an awesome opportunity to get constant feedback too. Like yes. what a great feedback loop if you're sending your resume to actual humans in addition to submitting it and maybe they have yeah. feedback on like this this sounds really great. What if you said this or oh your cover letter like you forgot to mention this and we talked about that on the phone, something yeah. like that. And then also yeah. Um, personally working in the tech industry, I know there's actually like monetary incentives to recommend people. Um, at least at my company, we have like a really great program for that. So, um, if somebody ever came to me and were like, Hey, I applied for this specific job. It's in this specific team. Do you know anybody? I would be like, A, yes. B, I'm going to submit your name. So it's like a win-win for both of us. So, yeah. It just makes you look and when you're doing all of that and you're like connecting all the dots for this person and making their life so easy, you look good. Yeah. Like you look like a professional and you're not just like, Hey, so are there any jobs at your company? Like that's putting all of the work on them and you want them to do the least amount of work possible. Yeah. Like you want to do that for them. And then when they bring you in and you do such an amazing job, they feel so good that they did that right? yeah like, and yeah they feel like they are the hero that they brought in this amazing candidate who now works at their company so it's all what you have to remember is even in the job search it's not about you it's about these companies like mm-hmm. they they care about you but at the end of the day all they're thinking is how how are they going to bring value to us and so the more that you can show that and the more that you can explain that why wouldn't they hire you? It's yeah. just like marketing and it's just like sales. Like you are selling yourself mm-hmm. to a company and in, in sales for anyone that knows sales or likes sales, it's not about you. It's about your customer. Mm-hmm. And in this case, like the customer is your company, right? Yeah. So it's just like a bunch of human psychology. Oh, <laughs> that is just gold. Thank you so much for digging so much into like the tacticals. Yeah. Like that, that was, that yeah. was perfect. Um, okay. 
Oh man, you answered so many of my questions. This has been like the best yeah. interview ever. Okay, so I really want to chat with you specifically. Um, this will probably be my last like big question, but really okay. want to chat with you about LinkedIn. Just okay. like as the platform, I know it's, I mean, I constantly have it up just working in communications. I'm always trying to yeah. see like what's going on. Um, and I've like, since starting my job, I've definitely had people reach out to me, like interested in, in joining my company and things like that. I just really want to pick your brain, like yeah. LinkedIn, what works, what doesn't, how do you use it? Um, how do you suggest somebody use it now? Um, we talked earlier about like, maybe don't blast to the world, like, hey, I'm looking for a job, but I've seen, I've seen some of my friends post some really thoughtful posts on their feed, like, look, I had this interview at XYZ company, or um, internship at XYZ company, like, this is what I was going to do. This is what I was going to be learning. Due to COVID-19, that's no longer happening. But this, this is my interest and experience. I'd love to chat with you. I mean, that just, like, tugs at my heart strings, you know? So oh, totally. And that's let's talk LinkedIn. That's completely different, I would say. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I would say that's completely different, yeah. And, you know, it's funny because I'm young, but I feel like I have an kind of an old-school perspective on yeah. LinkedIn. And the, re the reason I say that is... I don't really, and I could probably do a better job about this, about like learning hacks and like a lot of like tips and tricks. I think the biggest thing with LinkedIn is it's a social media for business connections. So when you think about that, I always just think like, how do I want to operate face to face with someone in a business connection and in and engaging with people that um I'm either in business with or in relationship with and take that online hmm. versus trying to get all the right buttons and the right mm -hmm. features and all these things like I think your your LinkedIn at a bare minimum needs to fully reflect who you are and your brand which in my opinion is what your resume should do anyway. Mm -hmm. So from a resume perspective, something that I'm like really passionate about is like I said before, humans hire humans. So making yourself painfully different, very painfully human within your resume. One way that I do that is um, like a lot of people on the bottom of their resume, they take off the, the final line that says like interest. And like, cause a lot of people will say like running or like knitting and stuff like that. And like, that, those are great. Like, I think that those interests are great. But a lot of people take that off because they're like, eh, it's kind of silly. And like, I need the space. Like, I need more room for my um, experience or my internship, whatever, education. I would argue, number one, that that line is probably the most important line on your resume because it's giving you an opportunity to set yourself apart. But with that, that's why you don't want to just put running and spending time with my family but so so what I like teach my clients to do is to find things about them that is like so painfully different mm -hmm. that if nothing else if the hiring manager was reading your resume first of all you're hoping that they get all the way to the bottom right because that's like a feat in and of itself but when they get to the bottom they read something that makes them think I just have to meet this person mm -hmm. like that's the goal because I'll give you an example, um, a client of mine, uh, we were working on her resume and 
it, it takes it takes work, which is why I work on it with my clients. And I would encourage anyone. We're going to go over this in my webinar, so it's like part of the process. But you have to kind of dive in deep and be like, what what would like my best friends like say that's weird about me? And that's kind of like where you start. And so this client of mine, she ended up figuring out that she like loves Bill Murray. And so on her resume, on the interest line, she had a couple d- different things, but one of the things was Bill Murray enthusiast. And she put it on her resume. It's also a line. The reason I bring this up is all those things can also be translated into your LinkedIn. So it's all cohesive. It's all one thing. When they get your resume, they Google you, and it, it should look the same, basically. Mm-hmm. But the reason I bring that up about the Bill Murray thing is my client had an interview with Deloitte, and she called me right after and was like, I just had a two hour interview with Deloitte. And for the first 45 minutes, all we talked about was Bill Murray. Like that was it. And she was like, should I be worried? Like this can't be good. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is gold. Like the fact that this person wanted, because I mean, at the end of the day, they're the one running the interview. Mm -hmm. So they're choosing to talk to you for 45 minutes about Bill Murray they like you. That's what that means. They like you and they're not concerned about if you're like qualified. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. At the end of the day, they're just like, oh, I got to meet this girl. She's mm-hmm. a Bill Murray enthusiast and they want to get to know her more. Right. Mm-hmm. And they, they're cool with hanging, sitting next to them in a cube Monday through Friday mm-hmm. all day. Mm-hmm. And so the reason I say that is that's the type of spirit that you want to take into LinkedIn. So at the top of your LinkedIn, you have a picture of yourself, but then you also have a chance to do a cover, um, like a cover photo, mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. that can be updated. So how does that reflect who you are? Something I always talk about and what's on my resume is I'm a co- coffee shop connoisseur. So like I have a coffee thing on my, on my cover letter of my LinkedIn. Um, And so, and so there's like a bunch of different things that you can do with that, but I would just say keeping it as consistent as possible and treating it with genuine engagement. So instead of like blasting people, like find some people, like go on there just occasionally, maybe like 20 minutes a day and start seeing who your connections are connected with and make those connections and send them a little note. And it can just be something as simple as, Hey, I saw you were connected with my friend, Chloe. Like, um, and I, and I just thought your, your job and your company looks super cool. Just happy to make the connection. Like it doesn't have to be serious. It doesn't have to be paragraphs long. Just, Hey, I just thought we'd connect. Or if you went to Georgia tech or any university and you find someone who works at your dream company who went to Georgia tech, connect with them, send Mm -hmm. them a little note. Hey, go jackets. Um, like I love connecting with fellow Georgia tech alum. I just graduated in May or I was supposed to graduate in May, but unfortunately, you know, things have, whatever, I'm at home because of COVID-19 and just wanted to make the connection. Like mm-hmm. anything that's a, a personal connection is going to resonate with people. So that's my advice mm-hmm. about LinkedIn. I don't know if it's like what you would get if you Googled like how to rock at LinkedIn. Well, that's the I, point. That's what I wanted to hear yeah, from you. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. I think, I think it just makes, I always appreciate that when I'm on LinkedIn and those are the types of connections that I'm getting. Yeah. Um, and I just think it goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. I also would say in my, in my experience, like to not be afraid 
of connecting with those dream people. I mean, may, oh, like, yeah. is the CEO of, of like, whatever, big name company, like, going to connect with me on LinkedIn? Maybe not. But would somebody, you like, know. you never know, also. Yeah. Um, but somebody within, within the department, I mean, if you do, like, the five minutes of research that I would take to see, like, who's connected with who, there, there are some people at, like, some really amazing places doing amazing things that I'm connected with on LinkedIn simply because I, I hit the button and I took the chance. Like, there's, it is literally... Oh literally well, like sure. such limited risk <laughs> yeah it's 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 no risk yeah because, i mean the worst thing they're gonna do is not connect which yeah. is what you already are it's just not connected yeah so if there is no risk and also i will say like the farther up you move on the totem pole like the more generous those people are anyway so mm-hmm. you're it's almost like easier in some ways to connect with those people because they're just like loving their life and they just want to help people the best that they can versus like a hiring manager who may be so swamped on LinkedIn Mm -hmm. and like deep in with candidates and just like overwhelmed. They're actually less likely to connect with you, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but they, they, they probably will. But I'm just saying, if you go up the totem pole to like the senior vice president of sales, they're just there to have a party. Like they definitely want to connect with you. So I I would second that comment for Uh. sure. Amazing. Oh my gosh, yeah. this has been so helpful. So to, to, to wrap it up, I want to make sure that we totally maximize our time. So yeah. is there anything that we missed? Any advice, any empowerment, anything that you would share with this young professional audience that you think would be really valuable um, related yeah. to COVID-19 or not? Yeah. Um, I just want to reiterate what I said a little bit before about um, – grieving this season and another thing they say like in grief that's pretty well known is like everyone grieves differently Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and um I think just accepting what you're feeling is huge um and it's going that's going to come off while you're having these conversations because because I I think that's like a big misconception is like I should be feeling this way about it I shouldn't be feeling this way Mm. I don't know what to feel. And it's like, I would say, number one, feel what you're feeling. Like, let let yourself um, reflect on your disappointments and your losses mm-hmm. and your missed opportunities and the cancellations. Like, feel it first. Um, obviously, take the advice I think that I've given you because I think it's going to not only pick your spirits up, but also be a way to be productive Um, and be authentic in like your connections. I think if you talk to, if you're having a really hard time, um, and you talk to someone that you're connecting with and they ask you, like, tell them, like, I'm just having a really hard time. And, um, this connecting with you is a way that I'm trying to kind of wake up and do the next best thing. Um, that's something that I preach uh, and my story speaks to it is, um, you have to just do the next best thing. I think w- when people get stuck in analysis paralysis, which is huge for young people, it's like, oh gosh, but what if, but what if, but what if, and I don't know what's, I don't know how to do step 10, so I don't think I can do step one. Don't let yourself get in that place. Like, wake up every day. I genuinely still, to this day in my business, I wake up every day and think, what are five things that I need to get done today not like this week not this month not my quarterly goals like today 
And if I can hyper focus on those, then then I've done the best that I can do. And mm-hmm. if some days I can't do all five, that's fine. But at least I'm I'm like inching towards my goal. Yeah. So give yourself grace and um, just do the best that you can and know that this is genuinely the one point in in our lifetime where we are all experiencing like some version of similar disappointment. So use it as an opportunity to like really just love on each other and, and make those connections um, and be genuine about them, I guess, is mm-hmm. what I would say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Ellie, thank you so much. This, is, this has been like amazing. Yes. I can't and for think. anyone that's listening that like loved this conversation, first of all, let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, I and for anyone who wants to listen to this podcast and get some inspiration, I actually have a podcast that talks to professionals and just dives in really deep. They're like mini sodes, and I interview everyday professionals from all industries, all um, all positions. It's called So What Do You Do. And it's like everyday professionals. So I've interviewed like user experience people, IT people, um, commercial real estate people, people in sales, people in oil and gas, like, and they just keep coming. So, but they're like mini, they're probably like 25 to max 35 minute episodes. Um, but I would love to have you come on over and, and learn um, what professionals do. Oh my gosh. I've listened. I think you just released one recently about I, I like chief marketing officer or something in marketing. Yes. Yeah, listen yes. to it on my walk he the other awesome. day. His story is really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really good yeah. episode. Okay, good. so how can how can people stay in touch? Um, you yeah. showed your podcast. Where else can people keep up with you, keep up with Fourth, and what's going yes. on? Yes, so come follow us on social at Fourth. So it's kind of like go forth, F-O-R-T-H underscore L-L-C. Um, that is kind of where I live. I don't really use my personal, um, Instagram. I just use my, uh, our business. And then the website that you can go to that will have my webinar replay plus my boot camp. Plus we have amazing merch. We have these like really cute go forth sweatshirts. So fun. And we also have a resume download package and a cover letter download package that are like really amazing. That website is goforthllc.com. Um, and yeah, I would love to like engage with any of you. Please come tell me if this was helpful. Cause that's really like why I do podcasts is to connect with folks. So yeah, I would love Yay! to hear from you. Oh my yes. gosh. Ellie, thank you so much. Yes. I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you, Chloe. And good luck and po- go forth and podcast on. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Was that not, I mean, like the most helpful? (laughs) Like, I feel like I literally just got the networking coaching that I never knew I needed in that conversation with Ellie. I mean, wow. (laughs) I am just so thankful we got connected. And Ellie, I am just so appreciative that you shared your wisdom and time to sit in with me today. So thanks for tuning in to follow along with everything that Ellie and Forth are up to. Check out at fourth underscore LLC on Instagram and goforthllc.com. Make sure to check out Ellie's podcast, So What Do You Do, for conversations with real people across a wide array of professions. And keep up with me over at Passages. <laughs> Follow along on Instagram 
at Passages Pod. And if you have feedback on today's show or want to recommend a guest to come on the show and chat with me, send me an email at passagespod at gmail.com. I know I just threw a ton of links at you. Don't worry, they're all linked in this episode's show notes. I am so thankful that you listened in today. Talk soon.